This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. So I was about 10 years old, and I come up with this crazy idea that that sometime in my life, it would be a, a neat thing, a good thing to run a marathon, all right? So I was only 10, so it wasn't going to happen then, right? And, and over the next decade or two, that thought would come into my mind every now and then that it'd be a really cool thing to run a marathon. Uh, But for the most part, whenever I had that idea, it would flee quickly from me because running's not all that much fun, right? And you know that, right? It's just not that much fun. Uh, And so, but go back now like 15 years ago, okay? And uh, we're serving a congregation in Green Bay. And one of the members there in Green Bay, she is an avid runner. She is a Boston Marathon runner. And, and I foolishly tell her that I've had this idea about running a marathon. You know, the next thing I know, I've got in my hands a marathon training program. All right. And so there we go. <laughs> after months of training, after months of commitment and, and dedication, it is the morning of the marathon that I'm supposed to run, all right? And and this marathon is in Appleton, and and so Appleton and Green Bay aren't very far apart, right? And and so Jackie and I, we leave in plenty of time, or or so we think, you know, because come to find out there's a real thing called marathon traffic, all right, and so the highway's backed up. There's cars all over the place. It's getting closer and closer to the start of this marathon thing. And, and what actually happens is I end up getting out of the car, running across a field to get to the start line just in time for the national anthem and for the gun to go off, all right? As I was running across that field, what I found out was this morning, this day, it is a hot and humid day, okay? And and now, unbeknownst to me at the time, at least for many marathoners and for me, hot and humid and marathon don't mix, all right? It's just not good. So anyway, the gun goes off. I'm running. We're all running. and, And at mile one, we're going across water. There's a bridge. We're on this bridge. It is a beautiful sight as we're running across this water. And I'm looking all around, just going, this is amazing. And all of a sudden, my right contact falls out of place, you know? And, and I'm like blind without contacts, okay? So one eye is seeing really good, and the other eye is like, what's going on? Yeah? But it's okay, because I only got 25.2 more miles to go, okay? And in all honesty, right after a couple of miles, that whole blurry thing, whatever, just used to it, and and we're running, and and all of a sudden, there I am, 13.1 miles. We're halfway through this. I'm going, this is amazing. This is easier than I thought. This is good. This is a piece of cake. I got this down. I look at my watch. I'm on pace. Everything is going great. And then about a mile later, I, I ran into this thing that runners call the wall. Okay, 
And the wall, for those of you who don't know, is where your mind goes, oh, no, you don't. You know, this is stupid, you know. You can't make it. It's hot out, you know. Your legs weigh a 1,000 pounds apiece. You've got to stop, you know. And, and, oh, man, it's, you know, it's all a lie, but it's what you're really thinking, right? And, and so I just kind of pushed through that, went through that. And then about mile 16, I passed up my friend, that avid runner, that Boston marathoner. She's wilting in the heat. And I'm going, oh my goodness, if she's crashing, what's gonna happen to me? At mile 18, I stopped running, okay? I stopped running, but I didn't stop, I, but I stopped running. I, I took a, another step and, and another step because, you see, I, I was in pursuit. I was going to do this marathon. I don't care how hot it is, right? And, and before long, those walking steps actually turned into back into jogging and then running steps. And, and eight miles later, I finish the marathon, you know, because of taking another step, right? Just taking another step. Here's something for us to think about. As, as you and I, we have so many different things that we can pursue in life, so many things that could, could be on our, our bucket list. This is what the, the scripture says. It says, for physical training is of some value. It is, it's good, it's of some value. But godliness, godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Oh God, lead us to, to seek out that, that godliness. And, and speaking of, of spiritual discipline and the spiritual pursuit of Jesus, the Apostle Paul, again, a follower of Jesus. We're going to be referring to him a, a bunch today in the message. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So the question I have for you then is, is what are you pursuing in life? See, I'm... The life's direction, our life's direction will be going in the direction of our strongest thoughts, of our greatest thoughts. What are, what are you pursuing? If you had your bank statement in front of you, your credit card account, your Amazon Prime list, what would it say that you're pursuing? Because it's going to be pretty close, right? If not right on the money. If, if we grabbed out a calendar and your calendar is right there in front of you, what would it show that you're spending your time on? What, are, what would it show that you're really pursuing? 
Today we're continuing, as Pastor Ben said, our, our Welcome to Victory series, where we were looking at our mission statement, right? Reaching today's people with Christ's victory. And then our core values. The core values that we've looked at so far is, is welcoming, joyful, connected, and now today, pursuing excellence, pursuing the best. You realize, right, that, that God is the God of excellence? That God is the God of another step? He always goes further than we think. It's always better than we imagine. I mean, think about it. As he created the world, he could have made the world black and white, guys. Okay? We could go out, hey, it's a nice black gray day today. But he didn't do that, right? He went another step. He made vibrant colors. There's shades, there's nuances of all kinds of colors. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands, right? And we look around and we see pictures of sunrises and sunsets and, and things that a lot of us, man, we like could go for that right now, right? That's good, let's go. God went another step. He didn't make the world in black and white, okay? Uh, God could have made the world small, okay? He could have made it really small, but he made it huge, it's gigantic, Right? You and I live in the Milky Way galaxy. This is just one galaxy that's out there. We know of a bunch more, and there's probably a whole bunch that we don't know about. But this Milky Way galaxy that you and I live in, it is gigantic. Scientists help us determine just how big it is that, that it is, you know, by measuring light in this, you know, a light year. That Milky Way galaxy that you and I are part are is more than 105,000 light years big. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge, you know. And why did God do this? So that you and I, so that all people could be in awe and wonder and live our lives in joy at the glory and the majesty of God. He's Awesome. He wants us all to experience that. And our first parents, Adam and Eve, they, they were experiencing this. This awe and this wonder. They were, they were able to walk with God every day in the cool of the garden, right? God had one directive for this. In this whole big world that you live in, this whole big world that you live in, guys, you can eat from every tree except this one, okay? 105,000 light years worth of trees. Don't eat this one. And they blew it. They had one thing, right? One thing not to do. And they blew it. And God's response, he took another step. And because there was now sin in the world, he promised a savior for the world. And because Satan is the one who brought that temptation into the world, God's real clear to Satan. He says, the savior is gonna crush your head. Here's the very first promise of the savior in the Bible. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And in time, 
And in fact, not just in time, but at the right time, God took another step. And Jesus stepped out of heaven and stepped down to earth. And he took the step of of taking humanity into his divinity. And Jesus walked on the face of the earth, the mountains, the valleys, the deserts, even the water, even the water. And while he was doing all of that, he, he saw the hungry and he fed the hungry. He saw the sick and he had compassion and he healed the sick. He saw those who were hurting and he lent his shoulders. He shared the good news of God with the people. And then the God of excellence, Jesus, he took another step onto the cross where he so identified with you and me and all people that he reached down and he grabbed up all of our sins and and put them on himself, right? Scripture says this of Jesus. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. That's how much he took our sin. Jesus, absolutely perfect, became absolutely sinful is he took all of our sins. And as he took those sins, right, that separated him from God. That's what sins do. He, he suffered hell. Hell's a real place. And Jesus suffered that hell for you and me so we wouldn't have to. And then the steps ended. He died. Some godly men, some God-fearing men went to the cross, pulled him off the cross, took the nails out, pulled him off the cross and went and took him to the tomb and buried him. And that was it. Until three days later, he took another step back into life. He took a step out of the grave. He took another step into your life and mine to be with us every step of the way. You know what the most repeated promise in all of scripture is? It is in one way, shape, or form, God saying that he'll be with us. As we start to get ready for Christmas coming up, Emmanuel, what's it mean? God with us. In the Old Testament, the the verse that we spoke on our children to start this school year out, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. Jesus promised, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. You see, the, the God of excellence is the God of another step to be with you every step of the way. The Apostle Paul, he he recognized, he came to recognize this God of excellence and how God had, had taken 
all those steps and how God had, had stepped into his life and moved then by that gospel, by that good news of God's love for him, Paul took another step as well. And this is what it looked like for him. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law, though I'm not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To win the weak, uh, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Paul is saying, I, mean, I see the truth here. I see that, that God has stepped into my life with all of who he is, with all of who is excellence. And so I'm stepping out in his name into other people's lives. I'm going to meet people where they're at. Paul didn't sit on the corner and go, hey, welcome over here. He went to the people where, where they were at. Okay. So in his case, what that meant, right, is he went to the Deer District of Athens, okay? And the Deer District of Athens, instead of having bars and restaurants and things like that, what it had was altars and shrines to all these different gods, including one to the unknown god. And Paul goes to these guys, meets them where they're at. Man, I see you guys. Man, you're into the spiritual things. Hey, you even have an altar to the unknown god. I know that guy. I know him. I'm going to make him known to you. And he shared Jesus with the people. For the Apostle Paul, what that meant, because he was sharing Jesus with people, he actually ends up getting thrown into prison. He's under house arrest for sharing Jesus, okay? And, and so there's the guards that are watching him, right? And since he's under, the, the guards can't leave, right? They got to stick with Paul. So what's Paul do? Hey, while I've got your ear, and shares the gospel with them, right? And they come to faith. For the Apostle Paul, what it meant was he knew that the believers in Jerusalem, that early Christian church in Jerusalem, they were undergoing severe famine and everything, and, and, and they just needed a lot of help. So he, he started a worldwide donation for them. Uh, not so they could pay off a mortgage, not so they could make a big building, but so they could eat. So they could have food, so they could have clothes on their back. For the Apostle Paul, as he looked and saw what God had done for him, that love that God had for him, it, it moved him to be like Jesus. So much so that he says, for me, to live is Christ. Pursuing excellence is following Jesus, like the Apostle Paul, just like the Apostle Paul, God has come into your life as well. With all of who he is, with all of his love, and with all of his promises. 
and pray that that will, that love that God has for us, that that will move you and me to go another step. Remember the first time Jackie and I came to, to victory? It was the middle of the week, uh, during a, a weekday late morning. And as we drove into the parking lot, Pastor Ben Kurth was here, right? And, and we talked a little bit in the parking lot. And then we walked in the main doors. And, and right away, even in the middle of the week, the thing that stuck out to me, Victory Cafe, right? <laughs> victory Cafe. Yes. And, and I said, yeah, you know what? This, this church, this congregation, this gathering of believers is a church that takes another step. See, not all churches, but a lot of churches, they have coffee, right? And, and some of those churches, not all the churches that have coffee, they have cookies and donuts, Sometimes they even have a little basket out there, right? You're supposed to put money in it or feel guilty if you don't, right? Just say it, right? Uh, and some churches, though, some churches like, like us, some churches, they got this full-course breakfast thing going on, you know? Uh, egg bakes and, and donuts and cookies and fruit and yogurt and cake and juice and sandwiches and, and all these things, right? Because it's another step motivated by God's love, pursuing excellence. See, what, what goes behind the scenes that you and I don't, don't often see is, is that through the course of the week, Sidney Bergner's out driving all over Milwaukee County looking for the best deals for you and me for Sunday morning. She's here throughout the week one, two, three times. You know what time she got here this morning? About six o'clock. Pursuing excellence, taking another step. For our music team, uh, they have the music ahead of time. They listen to it ahead of time. They practice it ahead of time. Then they come together, most often on Saturday morning. So I don't know what you're doing on Saturday morning. Maybe sleeping in, maybe going shopping, maybe going to a game. But the music team is here. Most often on Saturday mornings, sometimes it's another day, but most often on Saturday mornings, practicing. And then they get here early on Sunday morning to do it again. Majority of our staff meets together on Tuesday mornings. One of the things on our agenda is how the weekend go. Let's talk about it. What do we need to do better? You know? And just through some different things, I already saw some different things that you guys maybe have noticed all along that we need to do better. I just saw it today. And for those of you who are members and regular attenders, and I'll be honest, those of you, if this is your first time here, you already know, you already know we're not perfect, okay? But we're not trying to be perfect. Only Jesus is going to be perfect. Perfection for us paralyzes and, and pierces and holds back, but excellence encourages. See, by God's grace, by God's grace, by his love, we pursue excellence. We think that God is worthy and deserves our best. We practice and we go through all these different things because we want to do our best to stay out of the way so that God can just come right to your heart and meet you right where you're at. 
So what does pursuing excellence mean in our day-to-day lives? When we leave here, because remember, Christianity isn't just about this spot. It's a whole mission field out there. So what's it mean like on a, on a day-to-day basis? Again, it's recognizing that God's given us his best. That the God of excellence has given us his excellence. That he has given us Jesus. And so we don't want to give God our leftovers. We don't want to give him the leftover of our resources, our, our time, our abilities, our, our finances. We want to give God our best of all those things. So excellence includes doing the common and the ordinary in uncommon and extraordinary ways. Uh, again, the Apostle Paul said this, so, so this, is, this is some guidance for you so for the rest of the day, for the rest of your life. So, what, so what, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all. Do it all for the glory of God. When you go to work, do it all for the glory of God. When you're cleaning the house, do it all for the glory of God. When you're cooking the meals, do it all for the glory of God. When you're raising your children, do it all for the glory of God. See, God is a God of excellence. And so when we're pursuing excellence, understand we're really pursuing God because he is the excellent one. And when we pursue God, we we find out two things. One is the more we pursue Jesus, the more we'll become like Jesus. Okay, Remember that little kid's game, follow the leader? Right? The, The one child is up in front and they all line up and whatever the leader does, that's what all the other kids gotta do. Jesus is not only our savior, He's also our Lord, our leader, okay? So we're to do what he does. We're to follow his instructions, his his guidance. And he has some things for us. Here it is. Here's some of them anyway. He says to us, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. He says to you and me, love the Lord your God with part of your heart. No, that's, that's not what he says, is it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And Jesus says, love people who are just like you. That's not what he says. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Think about how that 
can change the world when we love people instead of disregard them or get upset at them or think they're crazy. Love them and pray for them. See, remember Christianity's a movement. It's about going to people where they're at. See, your, your, your co-workers and your neighbors and things like that, they're, they're not going to know so much what you believe by what you say, but by how you live your life, what you do. And Jesus, when, when he was walking, when our, when our Savior, when our leader was walking on the earth, he, he took care of those who were hungry. And we can do that too. Maybe that's through things like Hunger Task Force. Maybe that's through things like, you know, going to pick and save and buying one of those bags of groceries for people. Maybe that's doing something like, like volunteering in a, in a homeless shelter. Maybe that's the thing I got on my Facebook page where you, you make an Advent box and every day in Advent you put a food item in the box and then at Christmas time you take that box to a family or to a shelter. Jesus healed the sick. We can do that too. We can go and visit people who are sick. We can, we can take them meals. We can pray for them. We can be a part of walks or runs that raise money for them to try and fight that illness. We get involved and we, we look to, to do away with systematic injustices and make a difference. We share the good news of God with people, not just by word, but by action. The more we pursue Jesus, the more we'll be like him. And, and here's the second thing. I think it's just so cool. Is the more that we pursue Jesus, the more we'll see that Jesus has been pursuing us all along. The more we pursue him, the more we'll see he's been pursuing us all along. Running a marathon is a lifestyle change. You do things that, that a lot of people won't do, right? And my daughter, when I was talking with her, she says, of course they won't do it, because that's crazy to run a marathon. <laughs> Being a Christian is a lifestyle change. You'll do a lot of things that, that other people won't want to do. It's called unconditional love. The same unconditional love that God has for us. You see, we, we love because he first loved us. As we pursue him, we'll find out he's been pursuing us all along. Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy, God, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for pursuing us that nothing would get in the way. You're the God of excellence. Lord God, bless us. Help us to see you. Help us to be like you. In the powerful and saving name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, 
more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.